Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten Podcast. Great to be back in your ears and joining me for another pleb cast is S. Satoshi Ho Spedok Satoshi Ho, who joins me to talk about some of the stunts he's been pulling in his home country. I hope this inspires all of you plebs that are listening to go out and start your own projects, your own way to start helping people understand what's going on. I know a ton of you are already doing this with initiatives, but hopefully this might give you that extra impetus. Please reach out to him if you want to learn more of how he's pulled this off and how to do it or why to do it. He's more than happy to connect with the plebs. So really appreciate him coming on. And please remember... He was very embarrassed about coming on because of his fear of speaking in English on a podcast. So definitely reach out, give him a huge round of applause, big pat on the back. I really appreciate any of the plebs that come on the show, especially those that feel as though they are exposing themselves in one way, shape or form, especially with speaking their non-native language, of which I am very uh, cognizant of living in um, France. So here we go. Hope you enjoy the interview. Make sure you are checking out the show sponsors. And I, I, I'm very bullish today, right now, because I've just read a headline that the UK are dropping all travel restrictions and even companies such as BA are removing masks from airplanes. Now, come on, guys, Miami, USA, land of the free, where are you? following this initiative let's go there's so many euro plebs that want to get to the conference keep a very close eye on the regulations now guys for the next four weeks or so see what happens have your finger on the button you know the date 6th and the 9th of april you know what it is by now it's an industry day it's the two days following that of the conference the fourth day is sound money fest do i need to shill any of the names i don't think so you know exactly what's going on use the code bitten at checkout to get your 10 percent discount if you can get there. This is exciting. Keep a very close eye on that. And of course, if you want to stack sats, you should be stacking sats and you should be using in the US swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten. That gets you a free 10 bucks. And if you're going to the conference, you will see those guys there. Now, across Europe, the Euro plebs, you can use bitcoinreserve.com or you can use relay, R E L A I dot C H. Com. Or you can use Coin Corner, who are based over in the Isle of Man, who can accept euros and pounds. These guys have you covered. I mean, in the case of Bitcoin Reserve, you can get a nice big sum exposure. And this is a great way to help orange pill your boomer friends. Exchanges such as Coin Corner can help you with the auto buys and smash buys and relay or a DCA app. But then you've got to take control of your coins and you've got to use the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet if you're not already by shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. That saves you 5%. 
Enjoy this podcast, guys. Thanks for listening. All right. Nice to meet you, mate. We're here with Satoshi's Witness. How are you doing? All right. I'm doing fine. How about you? Nice to meet you. We're doing good. We are doing good. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, nice to nice to finally connect and uh, get to have a chat and, and see your face. Yeah. Cool. All right, Lauren. Yeah. Come on um, then. What's the yeah. question? Right into the mic here. Lean in. Lean so in. my question. So I heard that you uh, listened to the show. Um. Uh. So yeah. Sorry. Just re re rethinking re my question. Uh. Rethinking. Yeah. Sorry. Rethinking <laughs> my question. Um, why do you listen to the podcast? Why do I listen to podcasts? Generally, uh, I love podcasts. Actually, I'm a podcast addict, <laughs> and I listen to different podcasts, and I get all my knowledge from podcasts. It's a perfect idea. It's a perfect tool, and uh, you know you can listen to it when you walk, when you do stuff, when you wash dishes, <laughs> and uh, I got all my Bitcoin knowledge from there. Actually. And I'll tell you something, as I'm not a native English speaker, uh, sometimes it's difficult to get all the information I got with the idea, how I can effectively listen to some technical podcasts that I print out the, you know, how do you say, transcript, and I listen and read it at the same time. And my mind and my brain opens and I absorb a lot of information. That's just a good trick I could I can recommend to other people that are not English, you know, native speakers. So that's just my, how do you say that? Hack. Nice so, hack. Yeah. yeah, very good hack. Do, do you have the the audio playing a little bit slower as well? Do you like put it on half speed or? No, no, no regular speed. Okay. And I listen. And cool. it's, I did it accidentally like once I was reading and then, wow, that's perfect. I don't do it regularly, you know, very few times especially when i listen to technical stuff like from stefan livera podcast and you know bitcoin stuff so right, okay so that's right. why i listen podcasts do you listen podcasts Lauren? Um, well sometimes in the car um daddy um has some podcasts playing when he's taking me to, to horse riding or taking me back that's 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 all i hear though and do you listen French podcast? Uh, no, no, that. Can you speak? Yeah. Uh, but you live in France now. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any other questions? Yeah. What do you know where he lives? Uh, wait, can I ask that question, or do you want to keep that a secret? No, go ahead. Yeah, I live in okay. Slovakia. Yeah, okay. I live in Slovakia in Košice. Slovakia, oh. Slovakia. Yeah, this is the question you wanted to ask. Uh, Where is Slovakia? Yeah, no, I, I, um, I thought I, I, I knew you were in Slovakia, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, uh, my hometown is called Košice, and it's the big second biggest town in Slovakia. Probably you know Bratislava. Called Bratislava, which is the capital near Vienna, which is the western part, and we are in the eastern part. Actually, we are very close to Hungary, 20 kilometers, uh, probably 90 kilometers to Ukraine, and and probably 100 to Poland. So we are we have three different countries around me. 
Nice. I think that's it. All my okay. questions. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming yeah. in. Yeah. See you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Yeah, All the best. Too. Well, thanks for coming on, mate. We we do love the the plebcasts in uh, in the Bitcoin space, as you well know. Uh, and we were trying to set this up for a little while. Um, yeah, it's it's a big step for for plebs to to take and uh, you know to to come on and, and share their stories. So I really appreciate uh, you doing that. Yeah, thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. Uh, you know how do you say it when you have fear or something like. I don't like speaking publicly and the best option is to face your fears directly, you know? So I was, okay, that could be a good opportunity to have a podcast and probably, probably I have something to say. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we're not live, I hope. <laughs> Are we? No. no, we're not live. No, we're okay, not live. Okay. Don't worry. We're, we, this Sorry. will be recorded and uh, posted in a few days, but why don't we, um, yeah, why don't we start with your rabbit hole story? Like what's, what brought you to Bitcoin? What what state of mind were you in and why did it present itself to you? Okay, so my first touch, or no, touch with Bitcoin, but I first heard about Bitcoin in 2011, which was very, very early, but I didn't buy any until 2007, 2017, sorry. Yeah, so I used to live in Prague for 15 years. I studied there and I worked there and then I moved back to my hometown and I started to work as a financial advisor. So I do, you know, investments, you know, insurance, mortgages, mortgages, but I don't do anymore. And in 2017, some clients started to ask about Bitcoin. So I said, well, I need to give it a try. I need to study something about it. And I studied like for a couple of days or a week. Uh, actually, it was my friend who actually was in Bitcoin who introduced me something. And I, and I, how to say it, uh, I introduced my clients to Bitcoin also. But I'm very, very backwards if I have a, this hindsight bias. I am, I should have bought in 2011. <laughs> we all have the same yeah. story, huh? Yeah. It always takes out uh, one, two or three touches. Now that, that's exactly. interesting. So you were in fiat land like myself. Um, and well, kudos to you for, because what what I find most financial advisors do, if asked the question about Bitcoin, is just they have this stock answer. Is like, no, don't touch it. Don't go to near it. It's rat poison. All of the usual FUD is uh, at their fingertips. Just carry on buying the bonds I recommend and carry on buying the equities I recommend because that's where they're going to make their commission, right? That, that's the whole point. Exactly. Exactly. So you, though, you actually went and did the work, like Andy Edstrom, uh, when when he was faced with this, and there's no turning back, right? Once you see it, exactly. A difficult thing was about you know how can I market this Bitcoin knowledge? How can I actually because it's all about motivation, eh? right? We all work for money, and uh, in 2017, 2018, I was starting being introduced into this libertarianism and free markets and all this. So I said, the best deal you can do in life is to be, you know, it's like a gentleman, like uh, shaking hand, you know, like that's a deal. You don't have to have a, for some things in life, you don't have to have a paper contract. So what I did, uh, I don't hold clients money. 
but I just gave them the knowledge. Okay, look, this is how you open the wallet, how you buy it, how you store your seeds and all this, and we agreed on, you know, like a free market basis. And that's how I did it. So, and probably some people can get inspiration from it and help, you know, being a Bitcoin guy for the community, you know, around. Everybody can handle 25, 50 people to help them with Bitcoin and keep on helping them. Because, okay, I agree with Bitcoin, you can, you have to be self-sovereign, but some people just simple aren't. So, you know, they just continue with their fiat job and they just want to hold the asset. So you can help them like this. If it makes sense. Were you working? Were you working for a big company at the time, or were you freelance financial advisor? Freelancer, freelancer. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, I would wonder what if you worked for a company. I wonder what they would have been uh, saying to you. You'd have probably been pulled off the floor and told, yeah. "Right, stop doing this." Actually, Daniel, those clients—I call them clients—they are not clients. They are my friends. You know, it's a uh, close friends. You know, friends of friends. So. It's not like absolutely random guy on the street. You know what I mean? So we can do whatever deal we want to do. How difficult, uh, how, how difficult was it for you uh, when, when you suddenly started realizing like you, you, you're doing the work, you're, you're reading the podcast, you're reading the articles, um, reading the books, listening to the podcast, excuse me. Did you have that moment of, well, what I've been doing for the last X amount of years is complete nonsense? Exactly, exactly. And it didn't come all of a sudden. It was just like a journey, you know, discovering, discovering, and then it clicked. And actually, now, what we have now, March 2022, uh, in 2000, last year, I stopped doing financial advisory. I so-called burn the ships not bridges like you know the english idiom yeah but burning the ships means like a war strategy to get very big motivation you know and i said okay yeah not going back i have you know a lot of people who know about me and uh, i'm getting some recommendation i keep on helping those people uh you know like a business you know and uh what I wanted to say, now I forgot. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Go ahead. So, yeah, so oh. it's interesting. What I'd, what I'd like to kind of like delve into is that that kind of unraveling mind process, which a lot of us plebs go through when, when you've suddenly faced with the truth, which is what Bitcoin is. You know, we've called it before the, the truth chain uh, that, you know, I've been through it. Uh, many others, uh, you know, I've spoken to Andy about it. Andy, so Andy Edstrom, yeah, he... He, he's such a great Bitcoiner, but at the same time, he's still got to do his fiat job and look after all of his clients and they don't want to know about Bitcoin. So he's got to invest still in like the, the financial world and he's got to, you know, keep up with that. And it's, it's, it's draining. It's, it's exhausting. It's not easy just to walk away from. What's, um, what was that, that moment for you where you're just like, I, I cannot recommend to any of these people anything other than bitcoin probably it came last year actually and i was thinking like 
well, I stopped doing bonds a long time ago, yeah? right. like an asset, asset class, like an asset class. But the last year I was thinking like, what is the best thing to hold these days? And I'm thinking best thing to hold is cash, like physical cash, probably Bitcoin and a little bit of gold, you know, like a 30, 30, like a third, one third cash, one third Bitcoin, one third gold, you know, probably like rebalance after a while, you know, after a cycle. But uh, I don't even believe in the stock market, you know, <laughs> it's just absolutely crazy. All, all these P ratios and all this is just nonsense for me. And I was listening to Preston Pish and he was saying, okay, it's fine to hold stocks, but probably we have to wait for them after a while, you know, if big Bitcoin moons and becomes the, how do you call it, uh, unit of account. And probably later on you can buy stocks because they will be cheap, you know, everybody will be leaving stocks market will crash, you know, the PE ratio can, can get to some lower, you know, as it used to be like a long time ago, long time ago and probably then you buy stocks. But uh, for this time, I don't believe in it. That's, so I recommend having Bitcoin, having gold, having cash. Wow. At this moment. And now and that, actually, and, and to, yes. to your clients then, that must have been like a, did you, well, yeah, you said you already called them friends. Did, did you lose people? Did they lose trust in you? Or they, they didn't want to like uh, listen to what you had to say? Or was it just 100%? Yeah, whatever you say, let, let's do that. Uh, actually, I started to do some presentation and I was quite inspired by Seiferin uh, Amu's book. You know, you just cannot just say, this is Bitcoin, it works like this and all this. You have to start from the beginning. What is money? Why we need Bitcoin? And then it clicks, you know, what is Austrian economics? What is free markets? And then at the end, I start talking about Bitcoin. So all the presentation is like, okay, they expect that I'll start, this is Bitcoin. And I talk probably one hour, then I start about Bitcoin. So, and it works fine. And at the end, everybody wants to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> so thanks to Saifedin's approach, probably that even in his book, you know, Bitcoin standard, he didn't mention Bitcoin for the first seven chapters or something like that. So I'm quite successful with this presentation. People are ready to buy at the end, you know. Mate, so, that's awesome. Well done. That's some good pilling. So what's, um, what's, what's the lay of the land at the moment where, where you live? What's, um, what are you feeling? Because, well, well, first of all, what's the currency there? You know, you, you, you are so on the euro. Yeah. Yep, you're yes, on the euro. Yes. What are people, right. are you feeling the pinch of inflation there day to day? Because things have just got ridiculous here in France at the moment. Like the price of fuel is going up 20 to 30 cents a day at the moment. This last week has just been nuts. Are you seeing the same there? Yeah, I'm seeing the same. And everything is absolutely expensive. And especially when you are a young person, I'm not in my 20s, I'm, I'm in early 40s, but I cannot imagine being 25 or something like that and having a girlfriend and setting up the family or something like that. You just cannot afford to buy a home in Slovakia. It's absolutely inflated. And I saw some statistics that houses used to, after two and a half years of working in 1971 or before 1971, you would be able to afford the average house. Now, absolutely impossible. You have to work 20 years in Slovakia. And of course, you have to pay down the 20% down payment when 
get the mortgage. And it's just not a house, it's just a flat, regular, you know, apartment in the, you know, brick and mortar, like not brick and mortar, how to say it? Flat, you know, just. Yeah. Yeah. Regular. Apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, everything is expensive now. And by the way, you said that you are in France. Uh, how much is one liter of diesel? If you uh, I, I drove past today and I think it was flashing up as 230. Uh, yeah, 230, two euros 30. Okay, it's 152. It was yesterday. I don't know. I didn't see it today. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, it's cheaper. Then. Here is cheaper. Okay, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Inflation is a big problem and uh, people use uh, houses and uh, flats like a store of value in Slovakia. And there are a lot of people who have all their portfolio in the, how to say it, uh, real estate. So probably somebody has a place where he lives, then he have one more flat or second house. And probably I know people who have seven flats, you know, so their only portfolio is one asset class, real estate. And it can be very bad for them when it can become successful, you know, everybody will be selling houses or when you have to suddenly move, look what's happening in the world. You know, when you have to pack your stuff and go and you have seven flats in one city, you have nothing in the end. So I think people will start rebalance their portfolios and buying Bitcoin. That's what I try to do, you know, or some other asset class. But yeah, I'm not gold back, you know. I like if people have gold, but I'm, I'm not anti-gold, you know, but Bitcoin is my number one choice. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I know, especially when you're trying to finesse a message to like a, a room full of people. I can imagine if you just go in there like Bitcoin only, you're going to be, you know, perceived as a bit of a nut job. Uh, so you've got to have at least two or three options and then steer them as much towards the, to Bitcoin as possible, but at least have those other options on the table. Um, go ahead. Yeah, in the end, it, it always... Uh, ends up Bitcoin only because whenever you buy Bitcoin and you hold long enough and you don't rebalance, it's just becoming higher and higher percentage of your portfolio, doesn't it? Yeah, so. in theory, that's exactly yeah. It just does its thing, uh, it, mm -hmm. and there's um and once people see the um the the power of it, but you're right, people have been tricked into thinking that a flat or an apartment or a house or a bungalow or any kind of property is a store of value rather than a consumer good, which is all yeah. it should be. It, it's it's exactly. just four bricks and a roof. It, it's it's shelter. And exactly. you should you you shouldn't it shouldn't be part of your portfolio. It just absolutely shouldn't. In fact, the price of the house should go down. It should trend downwards. Because the longer you live in it, the more worn and torn it's going to get and the more things that are going to go wrong. And by the time that you're done with it and you move on, it should actually have atrophied not just physically, but also in price. But no, because of this ridiculous monetary policy Ponzi that we run, trying to explain that to people is so difficult. Trying to explain to people like that the price of your property is not going up. The purchasing, of, the purchasing power of your dollar or your euro or your pound is going down. That's what's happening. I totally agree. And, and uh, it takes time to get weight to get woken up, you know, it's, I mean, even you work in the fiat job and it took mm -hmm. you time. I work in the fiat job and it took my time, but some people are just 
you know, I, I know their feeling, you know, when you work for money and you being born and you are told that this is money, you have a bill, you know, paper bill, monopoly money when you play like it. And it's, you need to get that moment when it finally clicks, like who is producing this money? Why is this worth 20 euros, you know, and why is this uh, losing value, you know, like it's, um, I think uh, it will take time when people, suddenly people will realize it, you know, but uh, it's absolutely crazy because I was the same person. I believe this is value, you know, but it's not. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I forgot to say something, but uh, it will come back to my mind. So sorry. No problem. Well, let's talk yeah. about uh, the, the, the other. So you're doing this initiative uh, you've got running, um, you know, orange pilling people through doing these little um, presentations to your clients and expanding that network through word of mouth, which is always the best way to expand a network organically and via the, via your actions, right? If you're in front of people and you present something, you earn their trust and then that trust is well-placed in the end, one or two years later, they can see, well, like this is crazy. This is this is nuts. He he's onto something here. You you're going to build much bigger following, but you also did something with the football team. Yeah, football team. That was my second project. Actually, probably I should start with my first. All right. As I was new, as I was new in Bitcoin, I was trying to, you know, to convey the message about Bitcoin and to also get networking effect because I was in Koshise and I didn't know anybody from Bitcoin. Anybody, and now after couple of years i got to know people from czechoslovakian bitcoin community and uh, i first job i did was i uh, you know lucio poletti he is a bitcoin artist he does so-called bitcoin propaganda do you know yes. him yeah luca yeah and, yeah yeah i think it's lucio or luca anyway yeah yeah sorry no <laughs> sorry, i'm sure I'm, pro- I'm sure i'm pronouncing it incorrectly he, he, yeah yeah and he has a very, very nice uh, poster, which is called Orange Pill of Dr. Satoshi. And it was translated to many languages. And I just, when I saw it, I said, this needs to be done in Slovak language. So I translated it. I, I approached Luko and Olucho, and we translated this and some other three posters. And uh, I was thinking like, okay, let's do some so-called guerrilla marketing. I order some place in uh, near Slovakian National Bank in Košice branch, you know, like a city <laughs> lights. And I placed four, four posters there for like, uh, I think it was the celebration of the 12th anniversary of the white paper. It was in, uh, it was in, uh, yeah, in January. So that was my first project and it got nice attention. And it, it helped me to, to know more people. Uh, in Bitcoin community, and also Dushan Matushka Dushki, he was on your podcast. You know, yes. he was doing this little, you know, no, it's not, it's called Bitcoin Money Book. So that's how we also met each other. So, and uh, at the end of the campaign, he was doing the auction of these posters, and it and it helped us to raise some money for the book also. So, All right. So how, yeah. how big how big were the posters? Tell tell the guys that are listening. Sorry? How big were the posters? Uh, I don't know. It's like a, probably like a city. It's called City Light in the, it's like, a, you know, doors, probably regular right. door in the house, you know, like a 
imagine the tram station or a bus station and mm -hmm. you have this shelter and then you have a big so-called city like you know the posters so it was quite big and well, let's inspire end, let's inspire some plebs to to go and do the same thing right so so let's walk us through your guerrilla marketing tactics so the first thing mm -hmm. first step obviously was to find a, a poster uh or some kind of material that you thought would resonate with uh with, with the slovak people uh you approached the artist made sure it was all good how did you get them made what what's that step what what's the next uh kind of how did i sorry how, how did you get them made the the posters well, it was a company you know i rented the spaces you know in the it's a regular company you rent up space and then they print it for you so Ah, okay. So it's not like you had them posted and you were going around like uh, creeping no, around no, the no, city, no. right? This was a legit, right? You went to the company and you said, yes. I want to buy this ad space at this location for this amount. And this is the content I want you to put in there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we, we are a little bit, you know, joking that there was no space available in Košice only by the National Bank of Slovakia. <laughs> amazing so, you know yeah no it's it's a joke of course you know so <laughs> we did it on purpose there right of course so i can send you some pictures if you want probably can show i remember seeing them can... when 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 yeah. you um when you tweeted them out i remember seeing them but yeah definitely send over the link and we can uh tweet them out again when when we drop the podcast that'll be a fun thing to do uh so the... it was it, yeah sorry yeah so that was the first project because you asked about football so i was i'm still yep. heading to football but that but was the like, first project. just just out of interest how much does it cost to rent these like spaces if any of the plebs listening thinking shit i i'm just gonna do that i can rent space in a bus stop or wherever if i remember correctly i think it was 300 euros for a month one space so it, the whole campaign was 1200 euros uh but they left it there for almost two and a half months Did they? <laughs> because yeah because it was the you know lockdowns corona all these probably companies were cutting down the budgets for marketing and mm -hmm. yeah they left it there so it was it was there for a long time actually and the orange peel of dr satoshi is perfect and i the idea is let's translate this poster to all languages of the world of the world you know i think it's done in 15 languages already because it in very short time, you can get the whole idea of Bitcoin. Not the idea like how it works, but why we need it. Do you know what? That, do you know that poster? I'm, I'm trying it. to envisage it in my mind. Um, uh, now, now I'm going to have to go find it. Hang on a second. Yeah. What, what's the easiest way to find it? What's the easiest? Probably um, try to type Luciapoletti. Yeah, I'm going to. Or. I Lucho, language. Lucho or Poletti. Luco. Sorry if we are mispronouncing. <laughs> <isn't> <laughs> it? I have it in Slovak language, actually. I don't have it in English. Let me. So yeah, th this would be a cool thing for plebs to do anywhere around the world is just find out how much it costs to to rent uh, one of these um, little spaces and and just start putting it up there. Um, prints posters, right? Here we go. Yeah, so it's Luco or luchopoletti.com. And um, what's the name of the poster? Dr. Satoshi, orange pill of Dr. Satoshi, I think, in English. 
So I'll find it and I'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah. Mm. So that was my first project, and I was thinking like, I, I just had the feeling to do it. You know, it's just you know people act. You know, I am going to read Human Action very soon. It's on my list. Yeah. And we say like people act, you know, and that was my act, you know, just to give back something. Probably my motivation was also to promote Bitcoin to get the community. And I got approached by Bitcoin community from Košice, and they were really like my friends now. And uh, it's just it was a spontaneous idea. I just think probably a nice in air quotes provocation or something, you know to do it in front of the National Bank. And then later, Dushki Matushka, Dushan, he approached, he wrote a tweet like, do you know any good material for kids for Bitcoin? And I already knew about the, you know, Bitcoin money book and I was, my plan was to translate it, but you know, I was procrastinating, procrastinating and Dushki tweeted this and I didn't know him. So we had a call and I said, look, this is a perfect book. And we agreed, okay, let's do it together. We had a call with the Bitcoin rabbi. We purchased the, you know, rights for this project. And it, it turned out, it's in Slovak version now, but now it's Dushki's project. He, it's, it's, it's his project now. And he's promoting it in schools and all this. And I think he raised probably 10,000 euros or something, 12,000 euros, like a fundraising for this book. And we also sold these posters. And thank you, thank for everybody who purchased them. And I think it added an additional 0.1, like 10 million Satoshi for the project. So yeah. It's That's really a great cool, project. Huh? And I love what he's doing because he's trying he's he's also written a guide to for teachers to follow the book and, and how to implement the lessons into the classroom. And he's also doing a, a filmed version for for Galileo, so that will be available for all of the kids around the world on uh, on Galileo to be able to interact with him and watch his video, and he'll do a live thing as well. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, so it's brilliant. So yeah, you guys are doing some great work. Like this is amazing stuff. Did you get any? Have you actually had anyone come up to you and say something like? I am now a Bitcoiner because of that poster that I saw that have you had any kind of like if those random uh, events happen yet? Not, 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 not yet. Probably it will. will happen in the future. It I will. Hope. Yeah. No, but, but be cool. like orange. Yeah. But orange filling people is like my hobby, you know, it's just so cool <laughs> because uh, we used to work in a business and everybody has this, you know, mental block of approaching people and giving this so-called elevator and all this but now i'm enjoying it and nobody well i had a bad <laughs> one bad situation i approached one lady and i said started i gave her the elevator pitch and i said what are you what are you talking about bitcoin why that's <laughs> the only time one time in my life you know i had a bad experience <laughs> but otherwise i like approaching people i hand out the free books you know because i had a couple of hundreds of those books dushki dushki gave me some of those especially for the Eshka Heiske project and I love it I love it I just go yesterday I was in for coffee you know uh, with my son who was playing around and you know I saw the family and with kids and I just gave them the book and had a very short chat you know it's really cool so this is the way one pleb at a time this is how yeah. we do it that you know so, you can't stop this and it's amazing it's funny what you say about sales it's amazing how easy it is to approach people if you're 
for want of a better word, if you're selling a product you believe in, right? Most people, exactly. most people in sales are selling dog shit that they don't care about. And that's why you get like the, the quick rattled off script or the, the elevator pitch and you, you can see through it pretty quickly. Uh, but if you're, you know, because you have that passion that comes across in the way that you're approaching people, your body language, the tone of your voice, how you listen when they speak back to you is completely different and it is addictive. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I find myself doing the same. Like when I go and pay in any situation, it's like, ah, do you guys accept Bitcoin? And it's like, no, you get that weird look. I'm like, all right. And then you just wait. And they're like, um, why? Ah, okay. Would you ever like to? Do you want me to help you? I can show you how to. It doesn't always work, but at least that has, that conversation's happened that day. And that's that, that, that could be that person's first touch. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's, it's absolutely fantastic to be orange peeling and having this first contact because uh, it's just in fiat world, you just didn't believe so much in that product and it was so hard and people don't like to be turned down, you know, like it's just not pleasure feeling and you have to work, do a lot of business and then you get used to it. But now you have a product and it's Bitcoin, the idea, and you just absolutely having almost 100% success, you know, because not, not like selling it, but whenever you give a pitch, you know, something and you talk about it and it's, it's so enjoying feeling, you know. All right. So let's do the football. So you, you've had the, so far you've, you've managed to orange pull your clients. Then you did the uh, poster guerrilla marketing. Then you did the, you helped do some with the, the books and you were inspired to then bring this to your passion in life, I suppose, is football. And it's a non-league football club, I believe. Yeah, it's a non-league football club for the, from the western part of Slovakia. Actually, that's a little village from where I have, you know, my wife is from there. And I've been going there for you know, a long time. And I know the people there. It's, I think it's 1,200 people there. And I know, you know, the guys and my friends. And a long time ago, I wanted to sponsor them like just for fun, like, you know, a small donation for the football club. And by the way, before I start about football, I think Heiske was the only place in Slovakia where they used to play cricket. You know, you are from England, cricket. Yeah. And they were playing cricket and they were touring Europe. It's a very amateur club and they were the unofficial Slovakian national team. You know, That's I don't so think random. They, yeah. And I, and I don't play, I don't think they play anymore. It was just one generation of, you know, people and you know, like you know and that's that's about cricket and so i know them and i used to play cricket also by the way in prague but only for one season <laughs> my personal statistic is one run <laughs> <laughs> probably after seven games <laughs> that's just, that's just if, if people know what i'm talking about so and i was thinking okay what about placing a big Bitcoin logo on, the, on their jerseys. And the colors of the team is white, black, and orange. And black and orange and orange, especially, is very important in Bitcoin. So I was thinking, okay, let's, let's play with the idea. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll get you the big Bitcoin logo. And I was thinking, you know, it, it was just, again, kind of guerrilla marketing, because I didn't know about the team in the world who had a 
Bitcoin logo. Yeah, probably there is a team in Premier League for like a special company, like a betting shop or something like Sportsbet I or this, but just like Bitcoin, the community, you know. And uh, I did the crowdfunding, you know, people contributed. I, probably the budget was about 1,000, 1,500. And thank you very much, Daniel, for helping me with the translations and all this because Daniel helped me with this project also. Thank you very much. Probably it was your kid's job, like a homework. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we raised about 1,000, 1,200 euros. And of course, it cost some additional money from my side, but I didn't care because I love this. And it cost me about 100 hours of work. And one account from Twitter approached me if she can, or he, or she, I don't know, if she can help me, because she has a picture of a woman, so probably it's she, uh, helping to design the kits. So she helped me and we had them produced. And while doing this project, I had the idea how we will call the players. And I got the idea, let's call them liberty, freedom. You know, in all languages, not all languages, but the you know, like big languages of the world. So we have English, French, Czech, Slovak, Chinese, you know, and that was the project. And they continue playing with these kids. Uh, I think they won three games and lost seven, <laughs> but it's a very, it's not important. But the first game they played with the kids was in uh, 15th of August last year. And it was uh, 50 year, 50 year anniversary of Bretton Woods system, you know, ending of the Bretton Woods. And they had a very tough opposition. And that was the first time they came up with these kids and they won this game 3-1. And it was absolutely fantastic. I was watching the game and I felt like I was on the Premier League. It was just absolutely, it was <laughs> scorched. It was very hot day, I think 40 degrees Celsius, but they were fighting like lions and they won 3-1. And it was absolutely amazing. They had the article in the newspapers you know, local. And of course, I have to mention the sponsors of this project because I was thinking I can sell the places on the kids. So uh, probably I can name those sponsors if you don't mind, just oh, to give them do. the credit and yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the first sponsor on the sleeves was uh, Beater, Get Beater, Ruben. You know, he was also yes. a guest at the podcast. He, thank you, Ruben, very much for your help. And I've, he's having a tough time in, with his company, but he keeps on fighting. And on the other sleeve, we had statsback.com. It's like a service for getting, you know, stats back for your purchases. And at the same time, when I approached, when uh, Ruben approached me, just a couple of hours later, Relay, you know, Relay approached me if they want, yep. if they can sponsor it. I said, and, and it's very nice from them because it was a very, you know, sportsmanship. And I said, look, uh, we already have similar service on the sleeve. It's uh, get bitter. And they say, okay, Ruben was faster. You know, <laughs> but so I said, probably we, we cannot have this because it's a similar service. You know. But uh, thank you very much at the end, you know, from Relay because it's a very sportsmanship. Then we had uh, Bitcoin ATMs service in Slovakia on the, on the back of the shirts. And actually, Daniel, um, I'm struggling a little bit with my English because after all these ages, I'm listening and reading, you know, long time I didn't talk. So 
No problem. It's, You're doing very well. Don't it's, worry. It's quite, quite tough. Uh, then on the shorts, we had this initiative, which is called Sat Symbol. I don't know if you know it. If you, do, if you Google satsymbol.com, it's like a, you know, independent initiative for introducing a logo for the smallest unit of Bitcoin Satoshi. And on the other short, on the other leg, we had Bitcoin Takeover podcast. You know, you know, uh, Vlad Kosta from Romania. Yeah, he's also producing a magazine. So that was it. And thank you all, all of the sponsors because they helped to fill up the budget, you know, substantially. So that's awesome. That was the project. Yeah. And that do, was do the I project, have, yes. Do, am I right in thinking each player is number 21? Or do you, no. have I got that wrong? No. No, the, the numbers remain no. the same. So, yeah. Right. yeah. Right, yeah, okay. You cannot play football with 21, you know, you have to have different numbers, you know. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I'm getting every mixed up is, with... Yeah. Right, okay. So every player has their own number, but uh, the the languages, it was in 21 different languages, maybe, that uh, you've got the word freedom or liberty, whatever. Um, that there was Probably 25, probably, because it produced 25. Because of the it's, squad, you know? right, okay. Yeah. So if it chose the, you know most like uh, European languages, then the languages that are around Slovakia, you know, mm -hmm. Hungary, Polish, Czech, and this, and yeah. I can also send you the picture, probably you can post it in the show notes if you if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I always people. release um, the, the episode on Twitter with all the show notes, uh, so you'll see the thread and you can just post, just add under the thread any any links and any of the sponsors that you want, you know, shill shill as high and as loud as you can this is this is what we do right as bitcoiners so did do any of the players did did any of them have bitcoin before had they ever heard of it and then all of a sudden they're like what the hell are these shirts like who the hell was involved here did you like <laughs> it must have been a bit weird for them to pull these out of the kit bag like the fuck is this yeah exactly as you say uh only one or two people knew about bitcoin and wow. the whole idea was to spread the message on Bitcoin, not only to the football team, but also to the village. And, you know, because Bitcoin does not have a marketing department. So all this marketing, we are the marketing department of Bitcoin. So uh, I remember talking to them about a couple of, like a week before the first game when I produced the kids and they were absolutely thrilled with the idea. I said, probably there is no team in the world who has this, like just Bitcoin, like from the community, you know, and they were thrilled about it. And uh, the idea behind this is also to inspire other very amateur football club in the world to adopt the same kit, probably, and with the same idea. Just, you know, if they go to play the match to the different village and people will be saying, what is this Bitcoin thing? What, why they, everybody's called, what, why, what is this Chinese thing on the shirt? What is this, you know? Uh, I don't know different languages. It's I think it's like also good guerrilla marketing because people start question and we just want to promote the idea of liberty and freedom. And the kids are ready. If anybody's interested from all over the world, just apply them for the local amateur team. And uh, there is no big uh, ambition with this team. It's just play football, have fun. But now, what I like the project is uh, Peter McCormack's team real bedford so <laughs> yeah it's nice. think, 
Yeah, uh, I think he can make it. He, I think well, he can make it. We can make it because I, we are all part of this. Uh, I just ordered a hoodie, yes, hood, you know, hoodie like yesterday, and I'm the uh, I'm, I'm running the Slovakian supporters club. Slovakian oh, supporters club of uh, Real Bedford. I love it. Man. Yeah, this is this is. We awesome. have exactly one member, and it's me. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be, you know, recruiting. <laughs> Did you notice the, uh, or do you know whether any of the players, since they've been wearing the shirts, have started learning about Bitcoin, asking you, like, um, befriended you? Uh, you've managed to help them buy the first coins. Yeah, I helped some of them, but it was in August. And as it is a Western part of Slovakia and I live in Košice, I don't travel that often. And especially last year when all these, you know, lockdowns and restrictions. So normally we go there like every second week or every month, but not every month probably. But uh, after this football event, I was only during Christmas. So now, hopefully in spring, I'll meet them and I would like to introduce them. Like it's, you know, it, the idea was not, okay, let's all buy Bitcoin right now. It's the first touch. You know, you have to have those three or five touches with Bitcoin. And that was the first one. Probably after half a year of playing with these shirts, I can do some other steps. So, yeah. Well, the, so yeah, far, the the, the yeah. presentation, the presentation will, could be your next step in the dressing room, right? Uh, that's um, yeah. especially, I know it's non-league and they're probably not highly paid, but they've got families to look after and they need financial advice. And if the financial advice is coming from someone who is emotionally attached to the club and has put the kit on their backs and, you know, you've already built that trust model there. So this is, yeah, you stand a good chance of, of pulling the whole team. So best of luck. Fingers crossed. Yeah, thank you. So that was the football project, and we go on. We go on. There's another one. I love doing this. Yeah, there is another one, and I did it uh, just before Christmas. Yeah, it was the 30th, no, 13th, 13th anniversary of the white paper. And I saw some big, uh, how do you call it, a board, but a digital board in Košice. Yeah. And I did. 21 adjectives of Bitcoin, like, okay. meaning, so what is Bitcoin? Like 21 adjectives, like it's free, it's, uh, I just don't know. Like permissionless, immutable, yes, per like all of exactly. the, yeah, yeah, right, okay. Some provocative ones also, because I call it like ecological, you know, some like needed, anti-inflationary and all this, so 21 adjectives and Again, it was very, very, very cheap guerrilla marketing because, again, it was like 50 euros or something, and it was there for three months uh -huh. on the you know, crossroads, and people were driving. And at the end, it was fix the money, fix the world in Slovak language. Nice. Yeah. So those are my projects so far. And it's this helping is... me, like, you know. This is good stuff, mate. I, I hope people listening and have you know, got their minds worrying of how they can now go into their own communities and find those little ad spaces. Or I know people do a little bit of the, um, the stickering, they go around and put stickers on lampposts or, or wherever else. Or another one is the, um, we've got one, the little stamp where you just stamp your fiat banknotes with buy Bitcoin. That's, that's another great thing to, uh, to be doing. 
but these 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 projects are cool like you know getting your 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 kids football team shirted up or something with 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 the bitcoin logo uh, because the the companies as you know as you've proved they will come and they and the community will come and will support and they they will find the money for the shirts yeah it's uh, it's really cool and about this stamp you're talking about i'm just going to order some of those yeah, you are? i love it yeah i was thinking of uh, printing it stamping the notes in slovak language but you know it's a euro and it circulates around europe so probably doesn't convey the message if somebody gets slovakian message in france probably you get the banknote I, I'm I'm waiting for that day that I get one back that I've given. Yeah. You know, I, I've I've yeah. flitted them around town so much, but still not one has come back into my possession. So that that'll be uh that'll be a call. And I also used to, if I was paying like plumbers, electricians, or whatever, and they they demanded a check, I would also just stamp the check as well, because then you know the the bank teller, the person that's seeing that check, is going to see it. Uh, and one one British guy who did something for me and he's like um mate what have you why are you printing buy bitcoin on the bloody chip what if the bank turn around and don't like, well if they don't i'll write you another one go try and go try and check it and let's see what happens never heard back from him <laughs> yeah actually uh i don't know if it's uh well okay if it's it depends on the country if it's uh, perfectly you know legal <laughs> to do it I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Uh, the, the, yeah. the amount of times I've seen um, banknotes that have got uh, different numbers written on them. Uh, my, my father yeah. used to do this. Whenever we used to go uh, abroad on holiday, he would write down on each note its current value, give or take, in pounds. So he knew what he was spending. So you're not defacing the note. So I think it's fine. It yeah, doesn't stop me. Probably. Yeah, oh, me neither. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, have you got yeah. uh, have you got a good vibe there? Have you got some some good Bitcoiners? Do you have meetups in Slovakia or any conferences or anything like that? What what's going on? Uh, as I said, I'm from Košice, so the Bitcoin space in Czechoslovakia. I call it Czechoslovakia because we used to be one country, but the big hub is in Prague, and you know, in, also Bitcoiners in Bratislava. But I got to know the Košice Bitcoin community, and I think. In a couple of weeks, they will be opening a so-called hacker space in Košice. It will be on the main street. And it will be a place where they will be promoting Bitcoin, promoting liberty, promoting new technologies. And, you know, for uh, public, you know, uh, there'll be events like speeches and all this stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. I think they are opening very, very soon. And I know the community and i would like to be a part of it like you know having the presentations there so yeah what's the um i can never say it but it's something along the lines of parallelipolis parallelipolis yeah. yeah how do you say that word it's like the the, the hardest word to say parallelipolis there you go uh, thank you very much <laughs> it, it's a checklist uh, yeah it it, it it there's a big parallelipolis space in prague mm -hmm. and they have annual events, I think it's called the Hackers Congress. Yep. I think now it was the seventh or eighth season. And there was a Paralonipolis in Bratislava. And I and those guys, they're opening a hacker space in Košice, also a part of Paralonipolis. It's like a parallel society, you know. Mm -hmm. That's what Paralonipolis means, you know. 
Yeah, those guys yeah, are cool. they're, they're full on. They are they they are full on privacy nuts, self sovereignty nuts, uh, libertarian, anarchist leaning, just pure Bitcoiners. But it's a mix of all of those. Uh, and uh, Max Hillebrand uh, introduced me to them when he invited me to do a few interviews when they were doing that. They did a like a seventy two hour live stream, uh, maybe a year and a half ago of maybe two conferences back. And it was crazy. There, there was so much great content. Uh, so they're, they're doing amazing things. You guys have a great scene over there from, from what I can tell and from what I can hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, respect to them. And especially, as I mentioned, I was on the, this is the second time in my life I'm on the podcast. And it's English podcast. I was with Dushki last time. And I mentioned it there that Czechoslovakian, or especially probably Czech Republic, is very strong in Bitcoin because they invented the first hardware wallet, you know, Trezor, it's from Czech Republic. Uh, first, first ATM, ATM, you know, the machines, you know, yep. like General Bytes are the producers. And, 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 and they have all these, you know, Congresses, Hackers Congress and Paralonipolis and probably one more thing, but I forgot, <laughs> sorry. But yeah, um, it's a what's... very strong community. What's that has to be culturally driven, surely? Uh, I think. Um, and is, does that come from a freedom mindset, uh, like an independent, you know, since the, the breakup, the balkanization of, of those countries? What does that do you ever think deeply about that? Well, I think the idea I don't know about this Bitcoin stuff, but the idea of Paraloni Police was, I think it was set up during communist era that people wanted to oppose the regime and the best, they find the best way is to, I probably you should invite Yurai Bednar here because he is, he can tell you better. He's a very, he's a member. I think he's a, he was setting up Slovakian parallel police. But the idea behind was that the best thing, how you can fight the regime was to build a parallel society. And, you know, people were being taught propaganda in school, but there was an evening school and kids were learning about, you know, the real stuff. Uh, you like homeschooling also, no? Yeah, it was kind of homeschooling. Yeah, end. exactly. Yeah, yeah, it really So is. probably, yeah, it is culturally driven. Yeah, as you said. So do you, do you remember, uh, um, I can't remember exactly when communism fell in your country but i don't know if you would you have been around or like uh, mom and dad you've got stories from mom and dad what it was like in those days yeah i quite remember communism because when it fell i was nine years old so mm -hmm. like a couple of years you are you know you remember your childhood yeah i remember yes. what were those, those days like those days. You know, so so you're born into this this communist regime uh, like the, describe a day to us that, that you can remember, like, you know, heading off to school? Yeah, well, you know, I remember there was, you know, shops, probably there was not a big choice of things to buy. Uh, I remember then in school we were, <laughs> I remember drawing, drawing some ship, it's called Aurora. <laughs> I'm just giving you roughly what comes first to my mind. You know, kids are drawing things in school and there's big ship. I think the, you know, Bolshevik revolution started with a shot of Aurora in 
that's not probably I don't know. I remember I remember a school picture. Everybody was dressed in not not all the time, but in like uh, these pioneers. It was called pioneer, pioneer, like something like scouts, but it was a communist uh, parallel of <laughs> scouts, you know. And I remember in one picture I was I forgot to dress like this and. Probably one and me and two more guys are not dressed in this. <laughs> in the end, I'm quite proud of it, but I really just forgot to dress like this. So, I but that would be picture. like um, <laughs> the, the, the uniform, like it was like a red scarf, maybe that you wore. Yeah, exactly. Blue, right. blue, blue shirt and a red scarf. So this is what I remember. And yeah, I was not prepared for this question, but yeah, just remember. But again, if you are a kid, you have different world. Mm. probably and I you know so and then when it when it changed how how quickly did you see the change in the people around you do you remember what your parents were talking about because this would have been a huge part of their life right you know mm -hmm. they got young son you might have had brothers and sisters as well this whole regime that they've been trapped under is is collapsing I remember that there were there were huge there would have been huge protests or gatherings as well in in certain cities yeah, there were huge gatherings and protests, as you said, and I think the, the first major one was on 17 November 1989, and the police was uh, attacking, you know, it was like a student's, student's day, and it was the first, like, a big protest, I think, but when, when it started to collapse, and I remember when I was a kid and just we went to grandmother and she was talking about this what do you know what happened in prague and all this but you didn't have internet you didn't have tv you got to know all these events after a couple of weeks you know and then uh, it fell the regime but and it started like a well it's not free market never been free market i think but like a new regime like a capitalism but again it was not capitalism because we never had a capitalism in the world but you know all the people now referring, oh, it was very good time during communism because this capitalism is not working. But people, we don't have capitalism. We haven't seen capitalism yet. And it has a bad connotations or something you know, like a bad marketing capitalism. We should call it like free markets. And we never had it. For free markets, you need to have free money. You know, that's the first predisposition. So yeah, these are, these are my, uh, what I remember. What? That's crazy. That, that, that region, and, and now, you must see it coming back. You know, when you speak to the older generation, they they must like just dread the idea of like the lockdowns. That it doesn't get much more communistic than that. Uh, this mask wearing, you know, everybody looking the same again. How did we let it creep in? And this this tyrannical idea that one person is in control of the whole country do as I say, not as I do, whilst they carry on living their lives and doing whatever the hell they want. Everybody's locked at home, missing their loved ones. This is, this is nuts to me that like not, not more people outside. Obviously, the Bitcoiners have been on top of it and calling out the bullshit, but it, it seems everybody else is just happy to go along with it. And, and you, you find yourself living in this communist nightmare. Yeah, it was very <laughs> strange two years what we just experience well these two past two years you know it was very very strange and people are tired of it and you see what's happening in canada or what was happening i don't know 
I was not checking the news a couple of weeks, but it was dispersed, you know, the protest protests. They confiscated the money and all this. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so and now, and now today, today um, they're announcing in the UK that they're um, they're seizing Chelsea Football Club from Roman Abramovich and, and all of his assets and whatever else and a list of other uh, Russian business interests there. Um, and it, it's just, it's completely, it's completely crazy. And I can't help thinking it's just all pantomime and a great big red herring uh, because they've been in, you know, these governments have taken so much money off these guys already in the past uh, by just by virtue of letting them come in. And, you know, that that would have been all paid for up front and they're probably acting now as the full guy so they can get through a bill that would basically give them the, the power to do something like what Trudeau did in, in Canada. And it's worrying as hell because it's not on the news. They'll just have a quick snippet. That'll be it. That'll be the headline. And then it's back to refugees from Ukraine and, you know, Putin's the new Hitler and all of this coercion going on over here and distraction. We seem to be like uh, one of the few groups out there that can see through this, this nonsense. You're, you're a lot closer to it, right? Uh, the, the, um, how far away did you say you were from the Ukrainian border? 90 kilometers. Right. Less than 100 what so you're you're more feet on the ground than than any any one of us that are just being fed this this narrative via via mainstream media what 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 do you see well about corona i agree with you that yeah it, the narrative was very strong and at the end we can look from it but as for the situation in ukraine probably uh something something is really happening there you know mm -hmm. uh it just the, you know, also the Bitcoin Twitter and all these, you know, people are very radical and all this, but with this uh, social medias, everybody can have a say. And the whole thing is that everybody's so confused. Nobody believes no nothing, you know. Mm -hmm. So as for the Corona, I agree. But as for the Ukraine, you know, I mean, in the end, he attacked the free country, you know, mm -hmm. people are leaving homes, people are losing lives, you know. So as what you say, the politicians are doing all these sanctions and all these, they were fed with this money and now they are turning. But uh, besides of this, I'm just saying, something major is happening in Ukraine. And it's, it's, it's I wouldn't be, I, but I wouldn't be calling it like, you know, a, a hoax or something like that. You know, it's, uh, no, 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 it's, absolutely yeah, not. I, I, not for one second yeah. do I think it's uh, a hoax. And, and, and I know what you mean, what you see on, on Bitcoin Twitter. I don't think... Um, Anyone would call it a hoax. What what I what pisses me off, what rages me, is that people are losing lives whilst these guys are you know playing their politics games, and it's just so it's so maddening. Yeah, yeah, I, I I know what you mean. I know what you, I know what you mean, but uh, uh, it's a war, you know. Uh, with wars, it can really spin off some spin off out of control. Uh, so. I wish it was peace, but actually now there are a lot of uh, migrants coming. I think 2 million people fled Ukraine already and they are going to Poland and also some are fleeing from Slovakia. But those are the first wave of people who were leaving to their families all around the Europe. So they have a place where to go. But uh, there can be a second wave and very strong, they expect those people won't have a place to go, you know, so actually, 
uh, you know, as I am, uh, how do you say it? I don't work nine to five, so I have free time. I applied for, you know, voluntary, like a volunteer, volunteer to, you know, to help, you know, for a couple of days, couple of hours during the day. Yesterday I applied, so I'm, if somebody calls me, I go because Košice will be a big hub for these refugees. So we have a big airport. We have this railway station that has, uh, you know, in Russia and Ukraine they have these different. Uh, the rails are a little bit wider, you know. And, uh, so I expect there will be a lot of refugees coming to Košice from Ukraine, and you know. So I, I, I decided to help, you know. Good for you, man. So, so are they going to be setting up camps, or are they just going to be trying to get people onwards and and, and to where they need to go? I don't know. It's just really unfolding in front of our eyes because, as I said, the first wave was the people who were leaving, the people they know in Europe. But now, I don't know what what will be happening if more people will be leaving. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's Very nice to get times. Yeah. yeah, but it's nice to have like uh, an actual discussion about it and, um, you know, try and figure out what's going on. Because like you say, you you cannot get a gauge just by looking either at the mainstream media or at social media. You don't know what on earth is going on or why it's going on. Like, this is the thing. Why is it going on? Um, and now you have uh, the, these, these theories that they're attacking uh, US-run bioweapon chemical secret plants and all of this so and you're just like man oh god like could, where is this all coming this, from yeah i know what you, but this can be also you know hoax you know yeah it's a lot of uh, hoaxes uh, these days you are just confused people are confused because there is so much information and so much fake news that you just completely live in a bubble you know so we have to keep the same mind and try to understand the thing and i can imagine people very far from europe can be thinking like you know there is this is a hoax but it's, i don't think it's a hoax i think it's something serious going on here yeah yeah anyway i think it's you know tough discussion it probably. is it is a tough discussion yeah. and uh, especially when just normal people are paying the price of you know these these 3d 4d chess games whilst um the the orders that be try and realign themselves who they need to be realigned with and, and forge these um it, it's just like i said before it's sickening but all right we should we should end on a positive note mate and uh, ask you if you had one orange pill left to give to somebody who would you give it to and why very good question, and I would give it to my to my family. To be honest, in my family, I am the only one who is doing Bitcoin, who is interested in it. Everybody is looking at me like I'm a strange guy, but even my mom, dad, you know, brother, and aunties, nobody just no nobody just got the orange pill. They just I was trying, but I gave up. And Probably it's not time yet for them, but they know I was doing Bitcoin for a couple of years. So the orange pill I, I would give to my family. Love it. It'll come. It's, It'll come. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, but it's very yeah. strange because yeah, it's, 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 you know, from the family when 
you don't have Bitcoin as your family, it's very strange to be, you know, like a black sheep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably. A lot of the plebs listening to this are going to resonate with that. You know, we, we found ourselves in a bit of a lonely place since falling down the rabbit hole. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, fingers crossed. You can only just keep doing what you're doing, right? Uh, actions speak louder than words. Uh, and when people realize, you know, one day they'll realize it might be five, six, seven years. Who knows? Like he's still doing this. And now I'm getting feedback from people he's helped and how it's changed their lives. Uh, so. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing, mate, and uh, hopefully, hopefully that mind virus will set in. Yeah, the thing is that it doesn't scale very good, you know, the thing I'm doing. Yeah. So if other people around the world, like absolutely, you can be absolutely ordinary Bitcoiner, but keep on orange peeling other people. And in game theory, you know, you don't do it for free. They have them to buy their first Satoshi, and they give you some satoshi for it you know so it's normal and uh, because you know i mean in bitcoin twitter and all these podcasts very technical stuff it's so much it's so deep this rabbit hole but it doesn't mean that you cannot teach something about bitcoin even if you don't know everything because people kids in the school are being told about mathematics you know one plus one is two and two plus two is four but person who is teaching them doesn't have to be Einstein, you know. So everybody can teach other people, even if you are not the best in the space, you know what I mean, the basics. So I don't Absolutely. know if I explained. Yeah. No, you did, you did. I know exactly what you're saying. It takes a lot of courage to get to that point to start even talking to other people about it because you feel the imposter syndrome all of the time. Like, who am I to start telling people what to do with their money mm-hmm. or how to invest their money or, you know, what even what books to read or what podcasts to listen to. And it took me a long time to reach that point. And then I ummed and ahed for a very long time about even starting the podcast and, you know, still suffer with imposter syndrome many times. Um, so it's, it's a difficult one, but you're doing, you're doing Satoshi's work, mate. Uh, I really appreciate it. Well, how, how should people, how should people reach out if they want to reach out and, and help you or find you in any way? Uh, I'm on Twitter at right. S. Well, it's tough to say to my my Twitter oh. handle is probably tough to say. Probably you should you can put it in the show notes. It'll be it'll be the title <laughs> of the show. Everybody's Twitter yeah. handle is that the first thing in the title of the show. Oh, okay, okay. If Here that's go. Here that's go. the best place, but there's no like website or anything else that that that's just no no I don't. Yep. I'm on Twitter only. Yeah. Right. So. Okay. And and one more thing, I, it just came to my mind now at the end that I'm worn out of speaking English now because it's really yes it's, I understand. it's a second language you know and you English speakers like native English speakers you have a big advantage of that you don't have to invest a lot of effort and time to picking up the language and you can go straight to the point you know whilst the rest of the world probably does not speak English has to invest a couple of thousand hours and then they go to the point you know what I mean it's yes. uh it's uh, yeah, it's all about this how to say a network effect or something, probably. It, it truly like, is, probably. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know exactly people. what you mean. I, I, I try and orange pill people in French and it, it exhausts me because I, I, I can't find the words, you know, like 
almost nothing literally translates in, in Bitcoin world. And I've had um, long discussions with with French speakers about this as well. I've had David Saint-Ange on the show who who wrote the book, um, Tous Re Bitcoin. Uh, and he like yeah. almost, and he's, he's, he's translating other books into French. Um, so there's a lot of great work being done. And then there's Andre uh, down in um, Madeira uh, with the consensus guys that are translating books into Portuguese. Uh, so it's, it's happening. And, um, you know, big, big shout out to all those guys that are translating work from, from English into other native languages. It's uh, brilliant stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. all right, brother. Well, thank you. Thanks again for for coming on and uh, for stepping up and uh, and doing this. It's uh, it's much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, also, thank you, Daniel, for uh, the opportunity because again, it's a new experience for me in my life. Like the the other podcast will be probably much easier in English. <laughs> Not with you, probably with somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. If somebody invites me, but it's yeah. just. I had a very big fear of speaking and probably I broke it <laughs> well done. Yeah, in English. So, so all the best to you and uh, yeah, uh, Thanks, see you in the Citadel. <laughs> Absolutely. Take yeah. care. Speak okay. again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. All the best. Well, plebs, what do you think of that? You got to reach out now, haven't you? What a legend doing Satoshi's work in his home country and trying to help pill as many people as possible. I love the fact he's an ex-financial advisor and now just gone rogue Bitcoin, is pulling these guerrilla marketing stunts with the posters, the football team, and, and helping uh, Dusan w uh, with the, uh, the book as well, trying to get that into as many primary schools across uh, Slovakia as possible it's it's amazing it's very heartwarming I, I love the fact that we're all in this together and the players from all over the world that we can reach each other on a, on a medium like Twitter for example for now there'll be there'll be more there'll be more Bitcoin friendly places that we can all hang out that will just be the natural progression of things but how can you not be optimistic when you got people like that on your side in a different country doing what he's doing. It's brilliant. Really appreciate you coming on, mate. Thank you so much. Uh, before we leave, make sure you are stacking your sats. But I say it every time. And one day, I'll meet one of you plebs and you'll tap me on the shoulder and you'll say, it's because of you. I got a hardware wallet and I took control of my shit. And that's exactly what you need to do. You need to get a hardware wallet. Do your own research. Find the best one that suits you. The show sponsor, a shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. That will get you 5% off the Bitbox O2 Bitcoin only hardware wallet. You can go and listen to Douglas Backham. He's been on the show twice. Just search Douglas Backham once bitten and you can listen to their their ethos, they're a great company and they're building a great bit of kit there. So underlying message, take control, get your keys in your control, nobody else's. You can use, well, you have to use people to buy your Bitcoin uh, unless you can buy it from your mate Dangerous Dave down the pub. Go ahead, do it. Get those KYC free coins. If not, 
you can use swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten in the US. You know all about Swan by now. And for the Euro plebs, you got Bitcoin Reserve, you have coincorner.com, and you have Relay, R-E-L-A-I.ch. These are all great companies and they're going to help you through your stacking journey. Make sure you check them out. If you can get to the conference, check the travel regulations. Use code BITTEN at checkout for a 10% discount. I hope to see you there. Fingers crossed. I look forward to the next show. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care.